Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, Property Magicians, welcome to episode 51 of the Property Magicians Podcast. Today, our guest is um, a Leon Marankowitz, I hope I said it properly. <laughs> and Maybe. my name is Vanille Magwagwa, and I am your I am your host for the show. You can find me under Wealthy Money on Facebook and Vanille Magwagwa on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. With me is my co-host. I am Dr. Miranda Mulodo. I am Prop Doc Mom on all the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I am your co-host on the Property Magicians podcast and a property mentor for newbie investors. Welcome to our show. We've got a feisty guest. I call him a title deed activist. (laughs) (laughs) We've got got the best show under the sun for you. So I hope you're going to love it. Did you? Yeah. So how are you doing, Ben? How's Sri Lanka? <gasps> Sri Lanka is hot, guys. <laughs> uh, okay. If you ever hear me complain about heat, you must know it's the real thing. Because okay. I feel like 30 degrees is cold. So if I am saying Sri Lanka is hot, hot. know that it is hot. Well. I am. <laughs> but I yeah, but me so... I don't know you to complain about heat, so that must be yeah. something, hey? That must it be something. It is levels out here, guys. It is next level. But as for everything else that I'm doing, it's um, super excited. We're almost a year old, Mizo. Oh, and yeah. We will I can't share wait. all that in episode 52. 52. But for today, guys, celebrate with us. We are on episode yeah. 51. We've never missed an episode. We did this without any planning, just like our entire gut feel and the intention. So well it's, done, Mizo. It's been such an We've incredible. And then, and then we just talk about, we, we laugh about it before we record that um, this morning I had to pick up my child and myself to come in and park at Papacino's, her favorite place, but not because we wanted to be here at 8.30 at a restaurant. <laughs> but we, have, we had an unplanned power outage at home. So no connection, no electricity, and this podcast is being recorded from Papacino's. So this is great, right? And that's, that's the beauty of this podcast. It has taken place whether we want or we don't. I've recorded yeah. some episodes in the car, right? Because <laughs> that's just what we do. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Shall yeah. we give them this hot, hot show? I love this show. Let us. This show is amazing, you guys. Wow. Welcome to the show, Leon. It's just such a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Vangelia. Hi there, yeah. Leon. Um, Hi, you can Mizo. call me Mizo. You can call me Miranda. All of them are all my names. Uh, so pleased to meet you and thank you again for coming to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for your time, ladies. I hope we have a great chat. Yes, we're looking forward to it. 
So Leon, tell us about yourself. Who are you? What do you do on a daily basis? Well, I'm Leon Marinkovitz. I founded and co-lead a company called Quick Buy Properties. And we're building South Africa's premier flipping company in real estate in South Africa. So that's what I do on a daily basis. Uh, I'm building this company, buying, fixing and selling houses, residential houses in South Africa. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I don't think we've ever met a flipper. Did we? Oh, yes, we did. Yes, Doris, yes. Oh, we're getting luckier and luckier. You're going to tell us all about it. So tell me, um, uh, tell me, Leon, but what was your background? You were not born a flipper. Something happened and then you became a flipper. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, no, so I'm, uh, I, have my, I read for philosophy. I've been in the NGO sector. I've been in government. Uh, I've been in uh, think tanks. Uh, so yeah. I've been, I've got quite a diverse background. And then when my yeah. contracts came to an end in, uh, in a certain industry, I decided, well, if I don't start my own business now, never. I looked yeah. around and based on my previous experience of running a land reform project, I realized the real key to wealth is a title deed uh, okay. or title in general, uh, private property. And so I went into real estate. And so that's okay. basically where my journey began in 2015. 2015. I want us to stop right there, Leon, just to underline it. You realized that real wealth is the title deed, and that's how you got into real estate. Did someone introduce you, or what, what, what about that land reform project informed that decision for you? What, what exactly, what would you say was the point where you went, aha, what was so, the... Yeah. <laughs> I ran a, a land reform project that was quite novel and innovative in the country uh, okay. and was trying to give people a title deeds to the houses that they'd been living in for 30, 40 years. So this is way houses that the community had been living in way before 1994. And I was trying to run the project. There's a lot of mechanics in, in, in real estate in South Africa. Yeah. Um, which I, I mean, it took a long time to, to understand. But after my contract ended, I actually read a book by Hernando de Soto, The Mystery of yeah. Capitalism. And I didn't fully understand title, and not, and not just title deed for real estate, but actually private property as in ownership of stuff. Like my yeah. son's bicycles are here or, you know, the gas heater we have for winter, etc. You have title to everything. There's ownership of something. And right. I, it was never explained to me in all of my education, which, I, which is quite extensive how wealth is created. And I don't, I think very few people actually know how wealth is created, but fundamentally it's created through ownership. And when I understood ownership, then I understood wealth creation and I had to generate wealth for my family. So then I went and did that. I love what you're saying, Dion. And that's the thing. And that, that, that underlines the fact that when you really want to disempower someone, you make them not own so that they don't have title or entitlement to anything. That is such a key philosophical thing. It, it sounds philosophical, but it's such a basic thing, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, the great sin of apartheid wasn't necessarily just race. The greatest sin was removing communities like Sophia Town yeah. that had title deeds. So when you took right. away title deeds, you, yeah. you remove people's relationship with their community, right? Uh, but fundamentally, it was a removal of title deeds. It was they used yeah. the reason of race, but actually, the fundamental greatest sin, which we're still battling with today, is Absolutely. the ownership. 
absolutely mm. and, and yes. when we understand that leon you know i mean we, you, there's no question and that's there shouldn't be any question about whether we should buy back or whatever just give them some type of title when yes we understood no. that basis yes oh no. <laughs> what is <laughs> the what? no what is the no i'm interested leon i love this <laughs> so, i mean rdp houses <laughs> is a great evil in south africa I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's, how, how it's do you in, agree? Yeah, it's yeah. indignity. Those RTP houses is just indignity because no, if you I, give I, me the and I say to, different things. Okay. Tell me. No, so an RTP house isn't an indignity. Anytime someone's got a physical house, it's an amazing blessing. You didn't have a house, now you have a house. That's a blessing. The evil in RDP is the fact that that family doesn't have the ownership of it for eight years. What? They don't have the ownership of it I for eight years. I did so not know that. We give you a house, Fangile, but you are not allowed to sell it for eight years. And in the title deed, oh there is caveats God. that no one on this earth is going to change. Like I like to joke with oh my, my team God. that even God himself can't change that because he doesn't play with laws like he's a clown, right? So, but in the, in the DE, title deed, it says, to move this, you need like something like the Director General, whenever the act was passed or whenever the title deed was created. But it's like a very senior government official to sign off on the transfer. And the likelihood, no. the chances of you getting the Minister or the Director General to sign off on the transfer of your little RTPRs is basically zero, right? It's never going to happen. Oh so my what gosh. happens, Vangili? You get this house, wonderful. Your family lives there for two, three years. But now you get a job in Mafeking. Yo. So what happens now? You, you want to move, right? But you've got this house. So you've got this yeah. house you waited five years for. You lived in it for three years, but now you've got a job in Mafeking, Cape Town, Joburg, or yeah. even just in Pretoria if you're living in Joburg. It doesn't matter. The situation yeah. is, you, your, your, your situation has changed. But now yeah. you've got this immovable property that you can't pick up yes. and take with you like you can. You kept yes. And so now what you, you, you say, okay, well, let me try and sell it. So Leon comes along and says, okay, fine. I'll give you cash right now to move, but Leon can't buy it. Yes. And, and no one can in South Africa. Yeah. So now you've got a problem. So then Tabo or whoever it is turns around and says, okay, listen, bro, uh, you know, just give me 30,000. So then you get someone who gives you 30,000 cash. So he takes his cash, he moves on, but he still owns it in law. Wow. So now he's living in Mafeking. I like, I don't know if this example, I always use Mafeking, but he's living in whatever other city. It's far away. But, and then you've got someone else who paid money. He thinks he owns it, but he doesn't legally own it because he doesn't have the yeah. title. And then you get someone like, yeah. well, the government majority is led by a particular party. But then you get even the minority parties, you get Helen Zilli who goes into the townships and then they say, oh, we see people living in homes that are not legally theirs. But mentally they made a trade. Oh. But now she's all self-righteous. So what she does, she takes the house away from yeah. this family that paid cash to this other family blacklists yeah. them for stealing this RGP house. And then <laughs> she, she, she blacklists the other family wow. who it was owned for. She takes it away from them. So now you've got two families disempowered by a title deed. And, yes. and, like, and, and the worst thing you can say in this situation, which I've heard justification for, is no, they don't, they need the eight years because they don't understand property. Like what's more Oh my God, why? <laughs> <laughs> you don't you can't think so... to manage oh my property. god so yeah how can that like that is the worst thing that you can say and this assumption that people don't understand property 
Every human being understands property. We live in, pro- in a property, right? If you just tell someone, this is the piece of paper that says that you own the property, what more is there to understand? If someone buys this property, they give the title deed. Oh my gosh. So, and also what I'm hearing from this, right, Leon, is that once someone has this title deed, the problem becomes, uh, once, because people don't have the title deed, in those eight years, you can't go to the bank and use this property as your jumping point, which would have been so incredible for so many people in this country and is incredible for so many people in this country if you have that as your main asset because apartheid stripped us of all those assets and people have nothing. So now if you've got this little RDP, even if you can access 100,000 rand that can allow you to go buy land and build more rooms, it could solve so many issues or give access to so many people to have collateral, to start businesses, to do things. What what, what my frustration is when the current government doesn't see and talks about alleviation of poverty and when the current government is not serious about that, that is my biggest of all frustrations. And because I had never read what is in their title on the RTP holds, they keep asking the same question, can I sell it? Did I get and can I legally transfer it? And I couldn't hear what that caveat says because I think they know people who are in RTP homes, they know something is a hit there, but it's so disempowering that they, they don't know. Yeah. I get the question I, I, all the I, I time. Take it to one, two steps further. It's Absolutely. not just about leverage and debt. When yeah. you, you took it to debt. Let yeah. me be very much more simple because people always yeah. we have the National Credit Act because we treat people yeah. like they can't yeah. understand debt. But yeah. let me more basic. Yes. Gogo can't die. Because if she dies, mm. the daughter or the son can't inherit oh my the God. property. No. So now you can't create generational wealth. Oh my gosh. Yes. And oh my god. So not don't talk about mortgages and this clever little black person is going to create a business that's going to unlock yeah, 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 yeah. That's, it's a, it's a level oh. above like because everyone's exactly. going to be like yeah but what if the business fails then the bank takes the house away which exactly. is yeah. the right thing to do because if you yes. take a risk with debt you yeah. need yes. to pay your debt back. So let's yeah. honor respect yeah. debt. So let's okay. not even go there. You can't die. <laughs> and legally transfer sure. ownership. <laughs> oh my legacy. God. And legacy, legacy comes from our names and our surnames. And legacy is the piece of land that you are sitting in. This is my grandmother's house. Called by the surname. Oh. Someone said but something. my problem is, Leon, I've got family members in these houses and they bought them and have now extended them. I, they didn't buy them. They got them and then they extended them into beautiful homes and did even more, even though the yard is small, but like they've been working on them. So now you want to tell me that they can't, if anything should happen yeah. to them, the kids Nothing. don't get that. They well, don't get that home. So it's complicated. Nothing is easy in life. So eight, after eight years, they can sell it. But usually in the eight years, they weren't given the title deed. So it's not Yeah, really, and that they don't usually the eight have years the is title. not up. This is why so, I'm so worried because so now this affects years. my family. It's like 
they are eight years is not up and they're busy extending houses and doing the most. That don't belong to them. So, but wait the eight years, then they can do it. But the problem is you need the title deed. So oh. they don't usually have the physical title deed. So you, you might know. sit in a house and think you own it, but actually the piece of paper says you own it. And so we, we, we mustn't oh. kid ourselves is that the piece of paper says you own it. And, but without it, you can't unlock any wealth. Ha, 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 ha. That's for our like. listeners. That's for our listeners. Um, let's just take a pause here because my heart is too broken right now. Yeah. Mizo, you're fading in and out. You've just taken it. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was just saying the reason why we do this podcast actually is exactly and we started with episode number 20 with mandy and kidra you yeah. know you've just taken it to a totally different level and the reason for this podcast is education what do we know about our entire needs and what we don't know and what does it mean to own and what it's owning about so you've just taken us to a place that as vanilla told you when we started sometimes that big question that but you've taken it to level. Mizo, you're still fading in and out. I think you're going to have to get rid of the headphones. Sorry, guys. Mizo's got, like, you guys know the truth of the podcast, right? We work with load shedding. <laughs> we do everything. Much better, Mizo. So Mizo well, thought that you'd go to a restaurant <laughs> and use earphones, but let's just I'm keep telling it you. natural. <laughs> a bit moving. So, so, so you've taken it to a totally different level, and we would love you to, would love to continue on that trail of what legacies are about. And property is really not about just what we we live in and these big houses that we build with patios and picket fences it's really about the entitlement but leon what how did you buy how did you even buy your first property that that becomes yes so thanks for bringing it back there Mizo. uh so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've got two avenues and i can spend many hours on that one topic just by yeah. itself um, and i think it's so radical I think it's very, very Actually, you. I just want to say, Leon, like my heart is shattered. Like I feel like my heart just dropped into my yeah. tummy with that eight-year story yeah. because, wow, when I think of what people are doing with these RTP houses, people that I know that just got them last year and are already doing things with pride. But yeah, let me not go there. Let's continue so, with to, how did you I, get I, your I first property? To, I, I just don't want to leave that on an RDP issue. And it's not an RDP issue. So the laundry right. form project I ran, we had people in the houses from the 70s. Oh, wow. So we stayed away from RDP because it's too complicated because it's in the policy mm, and it's in yes. the title deed. And you can't yes. change thousands yes. of title deeds that you don't know mm. where they are. But those pre-94 mm. didn't have RDP because RDP is a 1994 thing. So yeah. the, the land reform project I ran had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of homes that people had extended just like your family has done, but from the 70s. So now you must understand how large those homes are. You must understand how beautiful those homes are because you're not building from a two-bedroom, one-bathroom little RDP house. Yeah. You're building for four generations now. The problem is now <sighs> they didn't yeah. own them either. And so just yeah. to speak on wealth, I had worked on a land reform project of 33,000 people. 
we took Joe yeah. real estate agents down there and they said, let's value these houses. If you value it at about a hundred thousand rand a house, mm. roughly. Now some were 500, yes. some were clearly a million, some were double story. Like I, some of these are, I mean, it's looked like a Joburg suburb, right? In the middle of the yeah. or on the other yeah. side of the road. If you take, and you're 33,000. So some were still shacks and some were empty. The family had moved and it just returned to land, like normal land, right? Right. But in the majority, there was about roughly 30,000 good, stable family homes, right? If you take 30,000 yeah. homes and you say on average, but a very low average value of 100,000 rand, which is really nothing. An RDP house goes for 400 or 300, right? 250,000 in some suburbs. So... So wow. if you take an average of a hundred thousand rand, you get to such a ridiculous figure uh, that yeah. of value. Yeah, guys, value. we are billionaires. Probably so even we're more. Be, we're going to be Zuma right yeah. now because we're going to try and read all those zeros. But there's nine zeros behind <laughs> it. Um, I mean, I don't even try and read it anymore. I just let you look at it. And so by giving yeah. someone the title deeds, 30,000 people title deeds, you would have created this much value in the economy. You didn't have to pay anyone. You didn't have to steal it. You didn't have to repatriate. You just give them the title deed in the house that they live in. Yeah. yeah. And when you so, do that as well, Leon, you impact yeah. other social things because once you've given me title, I own, mm -hmm. I have no need to steal. You've cut the crime yeah. rate. You yeah. have have dignified and then I live in the same place I build the community around me and I take care of the school right next to me because historically mm. it's taken care of generations of us this is the primary that I grew up in so you, yeah. you impact so many other things by giving just a title about where yes. you live you, you've dignified and we yes. make sure that water is running in this place. You've sorted out the water, you sort out the sewage and the movement of people becomes much less when, when people, you know, when we own, we take care of where we, where we live and we really want to stay where we live, isn't it? And it's a, it's a, it's a lot more. And I think, I think we, we, we play around with this thing of title yeah. and we talk about it um, at dinner tables and talk about yeah. we're coming for the land or something like that. I don't think people understand the depth of it. Yes. It, is, it, is, it, is, it is not just an emotional issue. It is not just, yeah, yeah. legacy is so, so important and it gives yeah. people pride, right? So... Thanks for bringing that up, but so you know, this is, this is not my after time. That, <laughs> after that, after that, after that, insight, uh, then I said, oh, okay, let me go solve someone's problem. So then I understood what a marketplace was and it, it, I don't want to go into all that thinking, but then I understood that if I solve someone's problem regarding a property, I will be able to unlock capital. So then I just went around mm -hmm. trying to solve people's problems. And so that's uh -huh. become somewhat of the ethos of quick buy, which is we solve people's property problems. Uh -huh. They've got tenants that have ruined properties. People are moving to different cities or they've got jobs uh, starting in different cities over the weekend but haven't been able to sell it. Uh, you've got immigration issues that are happening. People don't want to fix the house, either they don't have the money to do it. Mm -hmm. They don't have the psychological energy to renovate the house that they've lived in for 30 years because they like the house. They lived in it, right? They don't want to renovate it. They don't want to fix it. An estate agent will point out a thousand things wrong. I'll say, just leave it, sell it to me, and I'll fix it up. So I just went around oh. trying to sort people's problems. 
Wow. And uh, that's, that's basically become the ethos. We're a company that seeks to solve people's property problems. Uh, okay. Good at talking to people and that's what we do. Okay. So I'm going to have, uh, I want us to backtrack a little before we got a little traumatized. Sorry about that. <laughs> Tell, take us through. No, it's fine. You know what, Leon? I feel like part of the beauty of this podcast is that we are constantly learning. We are learning. And I think that I didn't know this. So I know so many other people probably also didn't know it. We needed to hear this. So when did you buy your first property? When you bought your first property, were you thinking property investment or were you just thinking property to live? No, I've never owned the house that I've lived in and I've never oh. bought my own house. Uh, oh. I still don't today. Uh, so I have very particular views on that in terms of my personal circumstances, my personal right. life. Um, so they're quite separate for me. But it took me about okay. a year, a year, 2016, to buy my first. I bought then two on auction. Uh, okay. I did, it took me a year to learn how to talk to people, how to negotiate with people, how to get past all the nonsense that people have in the world. Uh, we come <laughs> in all shapes, sizes, and colors, and we all have so much nonsense in our lives. Uh, but at the end of the day, I had to learn to become a person that really just solves your problem, right? So if you have a property, okay. I can solve your problem. And it took me a long time to learn that, learn the laws around that. So it basically took me a year after I decided, or about oh, eight, like nine, nine months. Oh, wow. So oh, wow. Us, we <laughs> haven't had someone. Oh, continue, Misa. Sorry, man. Uh, um, the, there's something that, that's interesting that Leon has brought to light. I like the idea of, no, I don't own my property yet or don't own my property that's a very interesting concept that i would love us to come and explore what what your views are is it incredibly totally important to totally own your your, your property or is it a personal choice so mine it's my personal investment choice my wife owns yeah. the house but she bought exactly. it off sheriff oh, okay. auction, so she used my skill set to do that um, and oh, okay. Uh, and she was like, yeah. you know, it, she bought it as an investment opportunity, and then we ended up of, over a couple of years moving in there. But I just thought, if I'm going to allocate capital, I'm going to do it to a business venture that can unlock oh, greater okay. amounts of capital instead of paying off the bank over a long period of time. Right. Uh, and then on top of it, then when you finish your employment, you might not be qualified for good credit to access a bank yeah. anyway. And uh, yeah. so I just, I just kept my liquidity open to allocate to, to business ventures because that was the, that was what I cho was, was choosing to do. Yeah. And oh, absolutely nice. because I traditionally as well, we are told to go to school, graduate, buy, the, buy your house and the biggest crime as well, pay off that house, work hard to pay off that price. Mm. And now with what I know is I, I wish someone had told me to just invest first. You'll see. Yeah. See, you'll buy that house. Yeah. And you'll see, you'll actually buy a better house and maybe be at a better yeah. place where you really, really want to live. So, you know, there's no hard and fast mm. rule. That's such an incredible thing. Someone asked me on inbox actually exactly that question. That's why it's so interesting for me. Wow, that is interesting. I definitely don't live in a house that are an apartment that I own. Right. <laughs> Everything is rented out. Yeah. So that that works as well. And it I does. like I mean, definitely though in Sri Lanka that's gonna change. Yeah. <laughs> that's for different reasons. But Leon, please take us uh, through the two houses that you first bought on auction in twenty sixteen. 
take us through that process. What was it like? Uh, so uh, it was pretty simple sheriff auction. But before then, on, on both of them, I had done so much research on the properties that I knew everything about them, yeah. or at least I thought I did. And okay. so I tried to stop the auction <laughs> beforehand. Uh, I, there was one auntie, actually. Uh, it was really difficult to get hold of her. I was in her lounge a few days before the auction. I thought we had a deal, uh, and it turned out, you know, she didn't. She didn't make the deal with me. So I thought, oh, okay, wow. I'm going to go watch the auction. And it was actually my wife that said, you know, well, what are you going to go watch it for? Why don't you just go and buy it? So yeah. I then stepped up, thanks to my wife. Uh, okay. I have a great blessing in my life. So then I stepped up, bought, made the bid, at the, not without all the money. So I paid the deposits, not knowing right. where the money was going to come for the two properties. Uh, and then I found an investor for the one, a long story short, who was then going to yeah. provide me all the capital to fix it and flip it. That was my first flip. And the other one, uh, they said, at the, the sheriff read out a letter from the lawyers. They said, there's an extra amount of money that's owed on this property. And there's of a lot course. of nonsense that goes on a sheriff auction. It was an outstanding levy. Um, yeah. And I knew that was a lie because I had done my homework on these properties. Except it wasn't. Except so it wasn't. <laughs> so the 104,000 Rand hidden in the expenses didn't make the deal viable for anybody. So I couldn't okay. the capital. Oh, wow. Okay. But so you were already inside the deal and you couldn't back out. Yeah, at a sheriff's auction, you can't back out, right? You can't oh back out. Oh, my gosh. Mm. So yeah. tell us, what is a sheriff's auction? There's some people listening in and like our listeners. We have listeners from all walks of life and property. Yeah. So what is a sheriff's auction? How did you get hold of these deals? How does one find them? So a sheriff's auction is just basically a court-mandated official to okay. sequestrate on somebody who doesn't pay their debt to the bank. So anyone can sequestrate on anybody else if you've lent them money. And yep. so... Uh, the bank has now sequestrated. It's usually the bank who sequestrates because they give mortgages. People default. Yeah. They go through the yeah. court process and eventually they get a court judgment. And mm -hmm. in South Africa, at least, a court judgment is the only thing that can remove a property out of somebody's hand. So you can be wow. dead for 50 to 100 years, 2,000 years. It doesn't matter. You will still own that property until an official of the court or you sell it. Now, it's difficult when you're dead or not willing to sell it or not. <laughs> But usually the court has the authority to lift the ownership of the property of your name, the title deed. And they do that through a sheriff oh, wow. auction. And then they open it up to the public. And the public will come, comes around and says, well, I'll bid this value, etc. And the highest bid wins. And so that's what oh. a sheriff auction is. Then that money goes back to the creditor. The person who owns it loses it. Loses it both the asset plus the money, the, any money. Yep. Uh, in the mm. odd circumstances where the bid is higher than all the debt, they get the balance. But uh, wow. that's really odd. Yeah. Uh, and so it's yeah. a mechanism, and it's a very important mechanism because it, it recycles assets back into the marketplace. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That's I get what that. a share of auctions does. It's, it's a cleanup mechanism. And without it, we would mechanism. have a very stale market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, this one, I'm really just asking you an emotional thing because I've, I've had the, the, the luck of being in one share of auction. Does, does it affect you emotionally when you are buying at the sheriff's, um, at the sheriff's auction? How so? What, what is the process for you in, inside, knowing that this is, someone's, um, this is someone's asset that's being auctioned off? And normally well, it's not really even yeah. going at the very... Mm -hmm. Well, no, they're delinquent, right? 
If you don't pay your debt, yes, debt you're a delinquent. <laughs> So yes, but are you not are you not hurting? Aren't you feeling some kind of pain or something? No, but you don't run the world person. off emotions. You run I, it off law. I get that. You you you, see, you made a promise to the bank that you give me this money, yeah, I will pay you back. Right. You then lie. <laughs> like like no. you mustn't be emotional about this and say, oh, it's their home. No, you made a promise to pay. Yes. You didn't pay. Now that person now must say, oh, okay, it's fine. It's your home. No, that's not how you run a country. That's not how you yeah. run a marketplace. So people sure. must be responsible. If you're going to respect people as adults, then you, they must be the responsibility of being an adult. Yeah. And that's what's demanding yeah. about the RGP issue, right? That's the title. <laughs> issue. If you're going to be an adult, be an adult. If you're not an adult, yeah. don't be an adult, right? Uh, so it's for me very clear. And then on top of it, they're so delinquent. Some of some people, then they refuse to move out of their property. Then you've got to oh, do wow. an so No, they all do. All the risks, all the risks they of do. the property no. transfer to the buyer. So why they are do. you going to be like? Why are you going to have this emotion when your yeah. your job as the sheriff, as the buyer at the sheriff auction, to clean that mess up? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, there are all sorts of circumstances where you lose your job and and COVID-19 hits and death of the breadwinner of the house. There are other circumstances, but on the whole, sometimes we buy assets that we actually can't afford and we are buying them on a shoestring and and, and that happens in, 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 in many, many cases. That's why I'm asking yeah. the question because when someone gets into property investment as a as a business there are mm -hmm. all sorts of emotions that you will go through and when you go to the sheriff's um to the sheriff's auction to watch yourself that you what you are doing or when you are doing what you are doing rem remind yourself that you are a property investor first and foremost number two you are also running a business so run the business so that's very important and i i am asking this from a personal uh, perspective because yeah. i know myself the first thing that happens to me is i'm a mother and i'm a single mom of yeah. a child and i start with my emotions forgetting that I'm running a business and I'm a property yeah. investor. What am I going to do here? I'm trying to get a good deal. That's going to make sense. That's going to turn. And remember, you are recycling an asset back into the market. You're making it better to sell it to the Ooh. next buyer. So that's such an important I can't do it, you guys. As I'm listening to you guys, <laughs> I, I'm, I remove myself from the auction market. I'm sorry. Like... I, I would get there, I would cry, I would like have scenes of the injustice of the system. No, I remove so myself you, there. You, you, other you're ways showing to your socialist roots things. there, Vangile. <laughs> like, and truly, Leon, like I can't, like as I'm listening to you guys, I'm like, this path is not for me. But this yeah. is what I love about this podcast so is that there are certain yeah. things that I don't have to go this path. Yeah. This part is not for me. If I'm going to buy auction properties, it will be a commercial property. Yeah. But I like, I'm sorry. Like this, so it wasn't this for part... me either. So my partner is yeah. the, the sheriff expert. <laughs> my partner in Quick Buy is the expert in sheriff auctions. But I just thought, well, I, I looked at the risks and the court is really, really bad. The court has like really yeah. takes the side of the tenant. So you it can is. be an adult. You can be treated like an adult to get your bond. And then you can yeah. be a delinquent and then they protect you. 
So doing an yeah. eviction is really costly process. Um, yeah. So yeah. Trying to enforce a contract is really difficult, right? When when, yeah. when when they claim victimhood status, and I've seen all sorts, yeah. sorts and shapes and sizes claim victimhood status. So then yeah. I said, okay, let's get better at stopping auctions. So yeah. I'm oh, not a sheriff okay. expert. So I actually yeah. prefer <laughs> contracts. So I, yeah. my partner is ah, nice. the sheriff expert. Yeah, and, and with a contract like before you, the auction, you stop the auction, you get someone absolutely. to agree with you, and then you have just a normal deal based on the rule of contract. And contract absolutely. is oh. act like an adult, do what you said, and, and then you have a deal. Absolutely. Oh, and wow. Really so you are also a socialist. <laughs> he he no, is a socialist. No, just no, when no, I was no, about no, 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 definitely not socialist. Act like an adult but just, yeah. and use contracts. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I was about to say, um, you know, the, 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 the reason why I ended up at that auction um, was that um, this coach, a, a property coach, was going to go and save someone's, someone's property. So because it was late and it was already on the auction roll, they couldn't do a deal and finish. So he went to the, to the auction to necessarily buy that particular um um, um, a property and make sure that he walks away with it because they were going to do a separate some agreement on the side. And this particular house was owned by a woman oh. who housed um, teenage moms, teenage moms oh. who had oh. become pregnant, but she couldn't pay and whatever else. So they went to the sheriff's auction and the deal was falling flat. I think auction didn't go very well, but they ended up sitting down with the sheriff to say here is someone who actually wants to buy my house and that's how that house was saved and those wow. six teenage moms could remain in that house oh and they made gosh. a deal and to today this property mentor is paying cash to this lady every three months and whatever it was fortunate that she had that and she ran around yeah. looking for someone to buy this house before it was auctioned off so the the, the wow. sheriff's auction is not and that's why you need to be checking what is your emotions about. And when you yeah. are running a business, and this, this gentleman is running a business, he has built yeah. extra units on the same property. He gets rentals from on the same property. And this lady is paying rental for the three bedrooms that she uses with her girls. And, you know, business continues. So there are also conversations oh, wow. about property. This is why I like it, that they are yeah or more strategies of doing property and they are thank goodness <laughs> more ways of doing this so and and Leon, i like the fact that you can remove yourself emotionally and you can see yeah. what the, the sheriff's auction is trying to do and mm. explaining it to our listeners is incredibly important because everyone just thinks all of you are just sharks who go to auction. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. a problem in a socialist country. Everybody thinks exactly. someone who makes a profit is a shark. But, yeah. but there's another <laughs> yeah. side to this this coin, yeah. and, and this is so that's the key to poverty is to not appreciate profit. Uh, profit. Thank you. And and I don't like poverty. So anyone who likes poverty can continue on their road by themselves. But I won't be on that bus. But what's missing here is that oftentimes by the time you get to an auction, and I really I'm not an auction expert. You need to talk. Yeah. To is that they're so tired of the stress of having lost their job, mm. not paying the bond. They are tired. Yeah. And so what yeah. we've done in the law 
So we have this recycle mechanism that cuts the process. Now, cut, done, you're done with the debt, right? Move on yeah. with your life. But what yeah. we've done in the law now is weaken this mechanism. Oh, now you yeah. can undermine the, the judgment and you can buy it back from the bank. And you, you know, it's difficult for the guy to get you out after he's won the bid. And so we've weakened. The, and, and then you have the stress that goes on for long periods of time. Long just period, cutting, yeah. Just mm. cut, walk, move out of the house, go away and yeah. start your life again. Yes, it's going to be difficult, but you get a fresh start. This thing of extending yeah. pain indefinitely because you have, you have a right to a home is ridiculous. So yes, that's, take the cut, move on. And we've done that often, where they move out, they actually feel lighter, they move on with their life. And then a couple of months later, you bump into them and they've got a job. And things are back on track, you know? The energy has shifted because also holding on to the houses, holding on to that energy, you know, yeah. holding on to everything. So what it is, it's also giving yourself the opportunity to start afresh. So Leon, how did you go? So you get these two homes in 2016. How do you flip them? Walk us through the process. How did you make a profit on them? So all I did was, uh, I mean, I figured, so the, the estate agent sold the one. I had a very good relationship with an estate agent because I had a lot of coffees. I built my business over lots of coffees, which would have been very <laughs> difficult if I'd started in 2020. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I had a good estate agent. She sold the property. I said, I'm walking away from this. I can't make this deal work. She says, don't worry, I'll sell it. And she did. Oh, so wow. Did you out. make a profit? I think a small thing, a couple thousand rand, but I got squared. Yeah. So okay. that, was, that was important. I didn't lose the deposit. And then the other one was uh, I sold it. The same estate agent sold it. It was fixed. I had to deal with subcontractors. Uh, and then I, I had to fix the property. I didn't know what I was doing. So I probably spent too much, etc. <laughs> but nonetheless, a family bought it. Uh, it was beautiful. They loved it. They moved up from Kimberley. Um, and so I sold it. And then, you know, on to the next deal. So then I just went around. Um, from that process and all the education I'd done, I'd really figured out a concept from America called wholesaling. And wholesaling mm. is, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it in South Africa, but we're somewhat of pioneers in that field because one, you can't find wholesalers generally in South Africa, but quick buy has mm. definitely got a wholesale component to it. So okay. <clears throat> everyone's flipping, flipping is buying, fixing and selling. But then before yeah. that, you've got to source your deals. So what we did in Quick Buy is we compartmentalized it. So we have right. to have a, a pipeline of deals. Now, most yeah. flippers, only pipeline of deals is either an estate agent they have a good relationship with, which is usually right. a very bad channel of deals. And the other one is a sheriff auction. Well, then we said, well, this is not enough for us. So then we went to look yeah. for other channels of deals to make those deals yeah. with private sellers. So as yeah. a wholesaler, you put a property under contract and yeah. then you sell that contract. Okay. So okay. By, the time, by the time you flip it, it already has a buyer. Is that what you're yeah. saying? So then you act more as a middleman. So, yeah, so I we, see that. We, yeah. You, 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 and either you can be the buyer or someone else can be a buyer, in which case okay. you just take a margin. Mm. Okay. Oh, so this is, is this like a back-to-back -back deal that we've heard about? So it's like you just have a lot of back-to-back -back deals that as soon as I sign the OTP, someone else has already signed a new OTP to take the property off my hands. Now, a back-to-back -back is when it goes from the seller into a, a, a purchaser a and then it goes into a, another purchaser. So it goes twice into yes. someone's name. That's back-to-back. -back. 
This yeah. is yes. put it under contract and sell the contract to someone else. Oh, so it goes from okay. you to Mizo. It doesn't come okay. to my name. Oh, so you and are just basically, you're just basically the middleman connecting the buyer and the seller, almost like a real estate agent, but not. <laughs> yeah, so you're not because you've signed a contract with that person. You've got contractual yes. con uh, performances as a wholesaler, yeah. Yeah. you've solved all the seller's problems. So you've solved everything. You know, they are, you've basically recycled, but in a better way, the property. Yeah. So you've most likely had to get it at a discount because yeah. you can't sell the contract that's above market value. So you've solved yeah. the seller's problems. That's the reason they entered into the contract with you. Yeah. Yes. And then, so you, you completely clean up the mess regarding the property and the seller, and there usually is some type of mess. And then you've mm. found a buyer who's able to buy a distressed, broken, ugly property, who's willing to put money into it. And you can do it in a short period of time. This is incredibly difficult in South Africa's legal system, yeah. but yeah. can be very profitable. Yeah. That's wow. awesome. Uh, that is uh, strategy number, whatever number it is. Wholesaling <laughs> is another special one, and it, it requires the time for you to, to find those buyers and buyers with a vision because that's what it needs for you to buy something that is broken with overgrown grass and yeah, dark, dark windows and smelly yeah. toilets. Yeah, that's it. So but you don't take a house with long grass any day. That's a, such a simple problem to solve. <laughs> right. I know, Leon, but you sound like it. <laughs> so Leon, do you just, out of interest, do you guys, so do you solve the, buy, the seller's problem before you get the contract to the buyer? So let's say that the seller has um, uh, people that are not paying, tenants that aren't, haven't paid rent in a long time and they want them evicted, but they haven't had that opportunity. Do you evict the tenants and then get the seller to buy the property? And yes. you don't fix the, buyer, the property because this is not a flip. There's no fixing yeah. or anything. Okay. Yeah, so ideally you've solved all the problems. Uh, now uh, and again, I mean, the only problem you don't solve is the physical state of the property. But yeah. legally you need to solve the outstanding rates and taxes and levies and bond. You have to clear that off the name. So all legal, financial uh, consequences of the property you have to solve, but not the physical state. So what this means is that it unlocks a whole channel for flippers because flippers don't want oh. to deal with a seller's problem. A flipper is traditionally good at contractors. A flipper yeah. is good at paint costs and paint power and, costs. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, he can make something ugly, beautiful, which is my partner's real forte. He knows how to do that. And he walks through a property. Yeah, the stuff that goes on in his mind is amazing. Uh, Whereas if you put him in front of solving the 10 different dynamics of a seller, that's not, you know, so that's a different skill set. So, and that's my skill yeah. set. So it's like, oh, you're moving yeah. at this date. Your job is Absolutely. here. Oh, you want to do this. So you've got to put all those things together. So flipping sure. usually, is, is, flipping is its own thing. Wholesaling is its own thing. Yeah. And, and, and they, they complement each other. Yeah. This is so fascinating. It is fascinating. Can I just ask, Leon, now when you are doing it quick, could buy properties do you ever get um do you ever get tempted let me put it to hold on to a property so that you can <laughs> rent it out now suddenly I'm, I'm i'm just trying for our listeners to show them that when you adopt a strategy um do you just commit to it and stay with it and stay focused have you ever found yourself 
wanting to hold on to a property because you've made it so pretty? Uh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> and but not usually because it's because again you don't renovate a house for your wife. You don't renovate a house for your personal of taste, course. right? So right. You, you make it very nice, but then to hand over a beautiful house to a tenant seems dumb because then you would have renovated differently. You would have put in things yeah. that a tenant can, it's more difficult for them to break, right? Absolutely. Because a tenant is a really sturdy creature. A tenant is a type of creature that can Absolutely. Really break something that was unbreakable, uh, whereas right. an owner will never break something, right? Um, yeah. Uh, but, but I have done rentals. My next deal was a syndicated student accommodation. So I, okay. I, did, I did that. So I, but that was, I fixed, I found, found a seller uh, that was highly motivated. I solved all their problems, but it was built for student accommodation. Okay. So yeah. I've never really switched strategies. We've either wholesaled something or flipped something simply because if you're going to allocate capital to unlock the capital on a two or three bedroom house, it just takes so long. Uh, and okay. there's better ways to move your money. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Um, That's so, so important. Yeah, like you've just said something so powerful, Leon. Tell us yeah. which are the best property best types of properties to flip if you're if you're thinking of flipping which by the way is a strategy i'm very in line with unlike the auctions i love the flipping strategy <laughs> but where are you going to get the property to flip you have got to buy it somewhere and you've got to buy From it leon. Well, quick quick buy property leon. Okay, leon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no actually that was my I want Leon to talk to us also about how he works with people, like the first time flipper and all mm -hmm. that when they come to your company. But first, please tell us what are the best types of properties for a young newbie investor looking to get into flipping? What should they be looking at when they're looking at flipping properties? A deeply discounted property. <laughs> A what? Sorry, your, your mic is away from you. Deeply discounted property. <laughs> a deeply exactly. discounted property. Okay, but you just said that two and three bedroom properties, maybe not so much. What about. No, I said for a rental. To get your money out of a two or three bedroom is going to take a very long time, right? Yeah. And then, if you considering the amount of capital that you've put down. So. Yeah. So it, you've got to know what your strategy. If you're going to allocate large amounts of capital, I want a very good return on that. And okay. So then, usually rentals go to two, three bedroom units, like sectional title complex yeah. units. So usually yeah. rentals predicate to smaller things, and rentals on houses not so much, uh, far less. So usually houses are for flipping, but we've done both in terms of flipping okay. both. Um, okay, that's good to know. Yeah. So houses are for flipping, are better yeah. at flipping are better at flipping. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Leon has given us so much gem, so many gems. No. <laughs> I'm writing and, as fast as I can. <laughs> and would you say, would you say then, Leon, um, a flipping strategy is something that a newbie property investor could do um, if it's a yes or if it's a no, what are the hitches that they should look out for? The, the largest hitches in, in flipping is yeah. uh, capital and contractors. Yeah, so capital, tell us more about those. Why well, capital you, and why contractors? 
Well, if you don't know how to manage subcontractors, you're going to mm. overpay and you're going to probably be spinning your wheels. If you don't know how to so, estimate a refurb, you can very easily overcapitalize. Uh, yeah. But then on, uh, on, if you don't know how mm -hmm. to unlock capital, then you can't really yeah. get into real estate anyway, never mind just flipping. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, but at the same time, Leon, um, you know, um, I, I worry sometimes when we say you are going to overcapitalize or you won't know how to, how to manage contractors. What's the solution to that? What would you say to a Do more person? of them. Do <laughs> <laughs> more of them. You get better as you do. Yeah. Okay. So don't get discouraged. But what get is a the coach. Um, get a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Get educated. Mm. But there's nothing like good experience. It's wow. True. Wow. It's that true. is amazing. True. It's true. Yeah, that because is amazing. With the overcapitalization, I, I, I want to speak to that again, because what we do, you go and become a flipper, but you get emotionally attached to, no, I want Cobra tabs in, the, in, in all my properties, because it is, again, an emotional thing that I want you to yeah. look a certain way, and then you, over, you spend too much time on it, and flips mm. are essentially are supposed to happen very quickly. Um, yeah. And you need to be taking your money out uh, often, often for you to continue with the strategy, isn't it? I think yeah. you just have to allocate your emotions properly. Like <laughs> emotions on cobra taps is the wrong place. Emotions on not being able to pay back your debt, your investors. That's really bad. <laughs> that's a good emotion to have, right? Uh, not having a property that doesn't sell. That's the right emotion. That's stress you should have, right? But so you, you must, there's a good line that's it's an anecdote. Major in majors and minor in minors, right? You must major in the big stuff yeah, and minor in the small stuff, right? Uh, I like that. Allocate your emotions in the right place. Oh, my God. That is like your... Money magicians, if you're listening to this, remember this one. Allocate your emotions in the right place. But what about us? We explore every emotion, Leon. Like every emotion has a place. I would watch the bottom line then. Your profit line's probably going all over the show, right? Probably less pro less profit, more loss. <laughs> which is the wrong equation, right? Yes. You, oh my God. you belong in a special place. You should come to the wealthy money course and teach that. That is so incredibly important though, um, when you get, but that's why when, when, when I speak to my mentees, what I say is, please remember you are running a business. So no one is going to eat the cobra tabs tomorrow. When you are doing a student accommodation, can you be not thinking about cobra tabs? And that's why and students are the spend worst. so much time. Oh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we I have got nothing against been. the the brand, sorry, Cobra, but yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, no, students are worse. I have a student accommodation. Yeah. That was my next deal. Uh, I got a lot of stripes on my back because of that. Uh, <laughs> you know, students, you know, everyone says, let's do student accommodation. I'm like, good luck, have fun. Luck. That's not a strategy no. for me. That's actually okay. how I feel. Like, yeah. literally, Miso knows. Like, she keeps, she yeah. tells me about it, and I'm just like, uh -uh. I was a student. I was that student. And if karma serves, 
because karma is a real thing. I'll get someone, a people exactly like I was as a student. Yeah. Yeah. No, I once had a dad Sam. who said no. to me, his son, <laughs> this, this guy was an African prince of some sort. He was a, such a horrible brat. And right. he, I got on the phone with his, he, he, he threw his toys, this boy. Then he got yeah. his dad on the phone. So I right. got the phone and I said, excuse me, sir, you know, this is what's going on, etc. I'm respectful of my clientele. And he says, okay, good luck. And he put the phone down. <laughs> he, he left me to deal with his son. That's <laughs> it. Oh my he couldn't, God. He couldn't manage. He couldn't father his own son. <laughs> then I knew. I tell you. No, I tell you. But talking about the bottom line, I mean, people with student accommodation that have had your West students, apparently their operational costs go up to 30 to 40% of your operation. No. You get good money. Yes. When you are doing a student accommodation on your operational costs, what we allocate is 10, 15% on a house you put 30%. That's how much you must put away because every 10 months you are fixing and you are fixing about every room, every cupboard, every tab because that's just how it is. That's the reality of it. Leon, tell me, how how many properties do you flip now and are you finding that it's the, the time for flipping has become shorter and shorter with more experience or it's about the same time because of the quality of work. What, what changes a flip and what changes your, your outcomes in, in, in a flip? Uh, what changes your outcome in the flip is how quickly you can return the product back to market. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. So that's the yeah. single largest factor. Okay. Uh, if you can return that, if you can move that property back to the market, then you're cutting right. down on the prospective offers that you need. The time frame to get the leads, to vet them right. into offers, to get the offers approved by the bank. Uh, and we have very, very long time frames on that. Then there's also uh, the conveyance inside, which is the transfer process in South Africa. Yeah. It's very regimented, very, very regimented. So if you can cut that down, we've worked on efficiency. So we took the, the Elon Musk approach, which is you can get 1% better at everything. The one or five percent bet on every little thing makes you get fostered everything. So that's how we manage to do deals quicker. Um, Wow! Yeah. So that just speaks to the speed of flip. What is your time process like? Is it three months, six months? What is it? Worst case, you must be in and out of a property in six months. We're trying to make that faster, so. Uh, but on average, six months is is acceptable. Wow, that feels like such a long process. Um, wow. From the date of signature with the seller, right? Yeah. To money in your bank from sale. Oh, okay. Okay, so money in the bank at six months. Okay. Okay. Whew, that's intense. So tell us... Um, when people decide to come, can you hear me? No, I was talking, so I, sorry, but I didn't realize I had muted myself. So mm-hmm. what sort of, why the flipping strategy, Leon, for you? What, what makes it so exciting as, as a strategy out of the 15 or 20 strategies? What makes, what makes it so sensible for you to, to say I will stay with 
buy crop for as long as it works? What are the two or three things that you would say um, work for you? Uh, because it's something that I see as too much work, too much dust. Why would you stay with it? So, I mean, that's really personal based on my personal preferences. Right. Um, and and my expertise so i like going to talk to people i try like trying to structure deals and put them together right so i just walk around trying to do that all the time and then i've partnered and i've got a team who's really good at other parts of that okay and so when you do when you you close a couple of deals then you've got more deals than you can you can manage yourself right as a a, in terms of contractors you've got more deals that you need to sell and Mm -hmm. inevitably in flipping in south africa it's going to be in different areas so you need different estate agents or different a sales team that can work in different areas so it's just a matter of uh what's your skill set at um, like exactly. I know I don't like to do renovations. When I buy a house, I've already seen it in my mind what it should be. Okay. And then I see the photos. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what we were going to do, right? When I bought okay. it, I saw this in my mind, right? Even though I didn't know the right. colors and the type of taps yeah. or whatever. Uh, whereas <laughs> so I do, yeah, that's, that's a missing well. link for me. I don't like, I, well, I'm not necessarily good at it or, and, and I'm not going to spend the time to get good at that renovation. Yeah. Whereas other right. people would really enjoy that. That's the joy, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. We've just got a, a company that's really good at um, channels okay. of deals, closing deals. Um, yeah. And then you've got multiple deals. Then you need a, a bigger team. And so we, I think we're the only flipping company that's got a team. Yeah. Okay. And the bottom line doesn't say anything in terms of the bottom line. Why not buying rent strategy? Is it? Uh, I'm not opposed to that, but I want to do it in a bigger system. The amount of yeah. effort to to do rentals on a small one unit versus yeah. the amount of effort to do it on a large number of units. It's just yeah. it's a little bit less in a, a little bit more energy, but the the returns are much larger. Much so, larger. So I would then yeah. said, okay, I want to build large amounts of capital in a short period of time, and then that's flipping, right? As yeah, opposed to one unit, one or two units a year over a fifteen-year period. Yes, you're going yeah. to have a lot of good cash flow, but that's streams of money, not piles of cash. And also, you need one important factor in a buy-to-let strategy. You need cred- credibility with the bank. If you don't have that, you can't unlock the finance. And someone who the started their own business couldn't. I couldn't get the finance. I see. Wow. Um, so how did underline? That's such an underlined yeah. thing to say as well. To say, yeah. to see, because there are entrepreneurs who are listening to us right now, and they yeah. are thinking, well, I don't have credibility at the bank, or my yeah. business has run into into the red, but I do have some cash, but in yeah. terms of getting credit, it's so difficult. What then yeah. to know that in property, actually, you can get involved. Leon can borrow your equity, can borrow money from you, and you can keep turning your money, and that's how you start in property. I think that's such an important thing to mention. I've never Leon, bought property you. with my own money. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Wow. So, Leon, well someone's listening and going like, how did how? you do that? How did you do that? <laughs> I'm also like, how did you do that? Like, I feel like maybe even just a little bit of your own money. <laughs> so how did you do, how did you buy, uh, how did you do this without your own money? 
I, I had a lot of coffees. <laughs> no. And uh, on, on a serious note, no, I, I really think if you're trying to solve people's problems, if someone's got a money problem, they need their money to grow. So I try and solve sellers' problems, try and solve money problems, then I can make your money work for you, right? So it's as simple as being able to explain what are you doing, how are you going to protect their money, how are you going to get their money back to them, right? And then to be somewhat of a person of integrity and character, I think that's important. There are some types of people that we won't do business with, no matter how great the deal is. Which leads me to my next question. What is the bare minimum for an entrepreneur listening in now? They know they'll get a return in six months, but they've maybe got 200K, 400K in the bank. What is the bare minimum that they can give to you to be part of a deal? They should they email to- me at leon at quickbuyinvest.coz and we'll have a coffee. <laughs> okay, cool. Guys, you heard that, right? You heard we'll that, have right? Leon's email on the. Um, uh, we'll have it on the mailing list, so you guys can get it in your email. So check it out, Leon at quickbuy.co.za. Quick buy invest. I N V E S T. Quick buy invest. Yep. Oops. So wow, so, that is really wow. really cool. It's so important. He has taken us all sorts of directions. You've spoken about the tribe. Just to repeat, what is that important team uh, for a flipper, for a flipping company to be successful? What would you say are the key, biggest key role players in there? Just, just so that someone who is listening and thinking a flipping strategy, because some people go and start flipping and then they discover, oopsie, I need a plumber. Actually, what would you say in your team are the critical key roles, Leon? You need to be able to structure a deal. If you don't know how to structure a deal, then yeah. you're not going to be able to finance the deal. You're not going to yeah. know. You need to, so you need to be a some sales person of some note. But, and I think okay. it's important to note you're always going to be selling. You're going to be selling to your contractor to do the job. Yeah. You're going to be selling to the attorneys. You're going to be selling yeah. to everybody, right? Uh, people who yeah. are not selling are going to be poor. Full stop. <laughs> if you're not selling, you're going to be poor. So, uh, but I'm not you sure. You know, you just, I just thought Herbalife people, like <laughs> they should hear this. They've been saying this to us for years, right? Yeah. No offense, but, and I'm not saying it in a derogatory manner. I'm saying like they've been telling us. They've yeah. been saying this. We need to learn to sell. <laughs> and now we're hearing it in real estate. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but I mean, selling's got a bad <laughs> reputation. But all that is is solving someone's uh, problems. Yes, I agree. So mm. that's all it is. I'm not sure if I can say a plumber or a tiler or a lawyer is the most important yeah. person. I think you must be. Most people will fail because they think they're the type of person who can do the project at the beginning. Okay. What they miss is that they should understand that they need to become the type of person who can find the people to help them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because no one wins. (laughs) Yeah. No one wins on their own. So like we've repeated this for exactly 50 times for the number of episodes we've done (laughs) that um, in property relationships are probably the best thing that works and then the money follows and then everything else because you go and envision a house 
and you go and talk to the seller and you get him out of their rotten problems and then everyone else follows yeah unless you have mm. that relationship you're never going to have a house to flip that that's incredibly yeah. important it's very okay. strange, but property is actually a relationship game, even though you're Only. dealing with an immovable structure and a title yeah. deed. Yeah. It's actually a relationship yeah. game. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really it is. is. So important. Um, then I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I am also full. I just have one last question. I wanted Leon before I rudely interrupted um, okay. to tell us the rest of the team members. So, there's oh, a person yeah. who structures a deal, the contractor, who else? Do you have, should you have your lawyer from the jump when, you, uh, when you're structuring a flipping deal? Should you have your accountant, your tax accountant? Yes, so we've built a bit of a large enterprise, like a whole company. So we've got four units in our business. But yeah. I think if you're talking to a beginner, the basics is you need to track the money. You need yeah. to know how you're going to spend the money and you need to make yeah. sure that you don't go over your budget. Yeah. Uh, and so those people that help you to do that and then advise yeah. on the risks. So, yeah. Um, right. It's, it's difficult because in flipping every property is going to be different. So I can't say yeah, this contract course. is the key because you might need right. a roofing expert. Right. Know, yes. It, it's too diverse, right? Um, Right. Sometimes you need to get good at talking to hijackers, right? So, like that's a different <laughs> skill set altogether. So, yeah. But Leon, okay. you, you forget. No, there is another question that I have about that. <laughs> so, so when you talk about uh, tracking the money, so I've I've put money into a, in some, into someone's flip before, right? And got it out. Like surprisingly, in four and a half months, so I, I'm, I'm I get excited when someone talks about that. Are you saying when I'm a mom and I'm going to work every day and I am doing homeschooling and I'm getting on with my business? If I put my 50,000 into quick buy investments, you are tracking my money to make sure that at the end of the six months that you promised it's going to get out and I'm going to get the guaranteed um, percentage that you promised me. How do you even do that? What if there is four of us? Vanille comes in, I come in, and somebody else comes in and we put our money into your flip. How do you even track that? How do, yes. how do you know you're going to get my, your money back so that you can pay us back? So most, peop most people you know work that? on a, a deal-by-deal -deal basis. Right. So, mm. But the problem with a deal-by-deal -deal basis, and, the, and that's because they don't have scale. We've built a, a degree of scale in QuickBuy, yeah. which is if I have this one house, I have to go right. take this house to Vangili, I have to take this house to Miso, right? But then Vangili is mm. like, well, but Hillbrow, they, they, they throw fridges out there at New Year's, How, and that's got Nigerians. You can't make money in Hillbrow. Yeah. So now yeah. I need a property that meets Vangilia's criteria, right? Uh, and then um, I have a house in the West Rand and I come to you, Miso, and you're like, the West Rand? What are you talking about? The Chinese are building in Greenstone in the East Rand. That's where you need to be. So yeah. you don't really care what your personal views are of real estate. So because we know how to structure deals, we know how to find yeah. deals, and we know how to make yeah. a deal work. So if we're buying uh, the property, we would be buying the property so that it works for us. So we're okay. guaranteed, we, we know that we wouldn't buy a property that's not going to work, right? 
So we then just allocate your money to the deal. So you don't have to know anything about Hillbrow. You don't have to know anything about any of the houses. So we can allocate your money to a portfolio of houses. So in the unlikely event that a house in some area takes a little bit longer to sell, it's not your problem, it's our problem. So we want the performance risk on our side. Right. Now, we, we do have those wow. options where we have investors that will only do a specific house. But the risk of that yeah. is then they're tied to the risk. So we yes. de-risk investors. If, and I have an investor like that. I mean, I had a, an atrocious eviction story, a literal two-year high court application. And that investor knew the upside. He also knew the downside. And I said, yeah. this is what I'm going to mitigate the downside, but it could still happen. Well, it did yes. happen. Yes. And so he's paid the price. I'm not, yeah. I'm not liable for anything other than the 50%. If we don't make 50% on that, then it's his loss as well. He was equally on the liability. But what we did, uh, and that was many, many years ago that I did that deal, but what we did in Quick Buy was that we can actually allocate your money across several properties. And we've always sure. buying and we're always fixing and we're always selling because we've built a machine. So it doesn't matter mm-hmm. whose money is due is when, we will pay you back because we know in October we owe oh, this, pe- this money must come out November, we owe that person back. December, we need to give, uh, you know, wow. use her back her money and her interest, right? So we just plan that. So we've, we've, what we've done is flipping can, is very, um, is, te- is, is usually sporadic, up and down. Buy, then yeah. you've got to hold, and you sell, then you get money, then you do a deal, then you've got no yeah. money. We've somewhat smoothed flipping out. Okay. I so get it because of your many buying. channels. Yes, and we're always selling. Ah. So cash flow, we all, we, we've almost perfected cash flow in flipping. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So we cash flow okay. in capital. No, that, that makes sense to me. As opposed to cash flow in rentals, which is just the... Yeah. Yeah. That keenness. Wow. That exactly. Yeah. Well, my last question, Leon, and then I feel like we can move on to the next segment of the show is, what is the average return on investment yeah. for your investors who invest with you? Because I know there are people listening in and going, I've been waiting for this kind of a show and this yeah. opportunity. Exactly. So what, what are they expecting in terms of ROI? So it's really we tailor we tailor our investment things just for you know specific for each oh, investor, wow. right? So okay. if your if your time frame is six to twelve months, right. that yeah. that means something for me because I'm in a time based business. Whereas if yes. your time frame is twenty four months, then I can yeah. give you a much better return, right? Okay. No problem with your six months, but it just okay. means that I need to plan my business properly, right? So yeah. it's not as if I'm going to say I'm not selling an interest rate. Uh, oh, okay. not, oh I see. How how quickly do you want your money back? What are you going to use yes. the money for, etc., etc.? Yeah. So I can move oh. your money quickly. It's it's linked to property at all times. Uh, yeah. But I'm you know you know I'm also not I'm also oh, hesitant to. Okay. I, I'm not a personal yeah. financial advisor. So contact me. Have a coffee. Uh, I'll explain to you exactly how the how we allocate money and how the business okay. works, so you understand what you work in it. We've also worked a lot at the systems in our business. So if something okay, were to okay. happen to me, yeah. your money's still safe. It's not like yes. in my very first deal, if something happened to me, I don't even think yeah. that investor knew where the property was. I mean, he did. It was in one email somewhere, right? Yeah. But, but what was going to happen, right? Whereas now we've got two members of staff on leave. 
We just came out of mm. lockdown. Uh, you know, we've got two members of staff on leave, but the business still had a team meeting this morning at eight o'clock, right? We had a, t- uh, 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 you know, oh. we have morning meetings and we have a, a two or two weekly meetings and we had a management meeting yesterday. So yeah. it's not linked to a person. Whereas traditionally flipping is trust Leon with your money. This is actually investing yeah. in real estate through a company. And then we can offer you those preferred returns that beat the totally. bank, beat inflation. Mm. And, and it's really based on, how much money do you have? So if you give me more money over a longer period, I'm going to give you more interest, right? I'm going to give you a better yeah. rate. Whereas if but what's me- that range, Leon? What's that range? 5 to 25%. I guarantee to beat the banks and every other investment that you have. Always beat the bank. Okay. <laughs> I'll always beat, always the bank, beat the bank. But more importantly, I will de-risk every other real estate investment that you've had. Compared to every other real estate investment, the amount what? of risk... So the amount of risk you have to take on an ordinary flip is very high. So you said you invested with one of your students. I sort of understood. So how many deals has he done? Can he, you know, how many deals does he have going on at the same, at the right, at the Mm. same time? Uh, You know, who's his sales team, et cetera, et cetera. So I've got a track record on all of these things, right? That make sure that my exits are going to be better. So I can, I can guarantee that I'm going to exit out of property. I've got a track record. And your money is, you know, you know, it's not linked to one particular property. I mean, we can do that as well. Uh, yeah. Then, so, so we, 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 I will de-risk risk investing with us versus investing with one person who's a one-man band. I'm not a one-man band, right? Yes, yes. And I love what you say about systems, actually. And I understand exactly what you're saying about smoothing the cash flow. Because when I started with Wealthy Money, I had to figure out how do I do that? How do you create systems that ensure that you can at least consistently predict your monthly income as an entrepreneur? You know, because I was like, I am not in this like, oh, one month we get this much, the next month, oh my God, it's going to be a surprise. I was like, no, it's hard to make decisions. Yeah. <laughs> we have pensioners like- who've invested with us and we pay them a monthly pension uh, annuity. Exactly. No way. Yes. Yes. I like no, that. I don't know I like any that- other company what? that's done that, that can pay a yeah. monthly return on, ca- on flipping. I yep. don't know anyone else who can do yep. that. Yeah. And Leon, the reason why I asked oh. this and I said to you, I'm a single mom, wow, can I, I go this. about my business? Because we've got lots of people who are going on pension. They have no yeah. direction about what they are going to, when they take out that one third of their pension, where they are going to put it. And my sense is when you've put it into a flipping company, not a person, a flipping company, then you have got a guaranteed income that you know is coming at this level and your money continues to work. It's not just a consumption, but your money yeah. is continuing to work and you are guaranteed that for the next two years, your 200000 is busy working for you. You are getting yeah. your, your, your interest. The 15% interest keeps getting paid. And yeah. at the end of 24 months, you can decide whether I'm reinvesting the 200000 or you're taking it out or you have a better plan and whatever. Because most people don't enter the property business and mm. the property investment game because they think they should be doing something. One, yeah. number two, they don't know that all these systems are de-risked somehow and they think property yeah. investment is for other people, right? Not for yeah. them. 
And there's lots of fear about uh, property investments and people don't understand that you can be in the property business without doing a thing. There's Leon. Let Leon take care of that problem. But money is working for you and it's not sitting in some crazy 32-day account. Ending 3.2%. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I love it, oh, exactly. but wow. I I yeah. love this. I so, really Mizo, do. I am full. I am more What than about full. you? Thank you so much, okay. Leon. For awesome. This. Leon, Thank this has ladies. been more than what we expected. So, let's move on to the next segment of the show, shall we? On to the next segment of our show, magical feedback from our hosts, where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Guys, so welcome to the takeaways. Um, Mizo, do you want to start us (laughs) off with the first takeaway? I've got so many, so I just suggested that's my thing that's my thing i i'm not even sure where to begin but i thought let's start with a political statement (laughs) that i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm not sure who listens to this podcast but i I feel like it's important to mention that the what we spoke about with leon when we started the podcast about the rdp houses when you want to empower a nation, and when you want to alleviate poverty, and when you want people to absolutely help themselves, you know, give them title deeds. How easy easy or difficult is it for any government to understand that, right? So that's my biggest takeaway, just knowing that there are caveats inside of the RDP uh, contracts that those people can mm-hmm. never sell in the first eight years and they they actually cannot pass it on to the next person mm-hmm. what type of legacy are we building there yes. so the houses i feel like it's a it's a political crime and it's deliberate it is a political crime and it is deliberate and it fascinates me how i feel like we create that the cycle of poverty can be alleviated in so many so different ways. Yeah. But there are yeah. systems in place that keep it in place. It and this upsets yeah. me so much. Yeah. Right? I, I was so heartbroken. Mm. Still am, hey? Yeah. Still am. But Ooh. yeah, we Did hope we that this podcast sheds life. Did I mention what RDP means, by the way? I don't, I don't remember us telling people who are listening in the diaspora and people who don't know oh, South Africa. Yeah. We've got a program uh, of regeneration or it was apparently yeah. uh, purposefully set up that we will have a re, revitalization and um, empowerment of previously disadvantaged people so the program of redevelopment includes housing and that's the rtp um, uh, 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 program and it provides our people with uh, rtp homes these uh, redevelopment homes they are not much right it's a two two bedroom or it's a two-room house 
I don't even think it's got a bathroom. No, it's inside. two bedrooms. It, it has a bathroom. So it it's two a bedrooms, a bathroom, a kitchen, and a yep. mini lounge area. The mini lounge. So those <laughs> I happen to be maybe very well versed with RTPs, guys. Yeah. I know people from different walks of life. And like I said yeah. on the podcast, this is what is breaking me is yeah. that I'm seeing people grow these houses. And then they can no. own them, right? So that was my years. one takeaway. I know it's, it's I'm, I'm more heartbroken than the fact that it's a takeaway. I've just got a new insight and new information and I am politically yeah. shocked, officially shocked. By yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. And I see why the perpetuation yeah. of poverty is not going to end in South Africa and in Africa yeah. if our leaders yeah. cannot see beyond this, right? What was your first? Yeah. Um, Ooh, my I first takeaway oh. was that Leon uh, decided um, not to own his own house to live in. You know, this brings me yes. back to Grant Cadone, <laughs> like in bigger pockets. <laughs> you know, I have so many issues with Grant Cadone that he's like hyper masculine, etc. But we've mentioned him so often, so often on this podcast that I fear that one day, yeah. not I fear, I feel like one day we're going to have him on the podcast because people are going to be like, who is this guy? And how in one of the podcasts on Bigger Pockets, he talks about how he doesn't own uh, like a property, right? And because he owns like, even though he owns like a portfolio of a thousand properties, there is yeah. no one home that he's attached to because he lives from home to home, right? Like rent out a gorgeous Airbnb space and that is your place for yeah. like the next three months. Like you can experience different homes and all the other homes that you have, all the other real yeah. estate is paying for this experience. So when Leon was talking about that, I was like, that is amazing. It like is. he literally is, is allocating capital to his business venture. So I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to live in any of the properties that I invest in. And that's okay. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. I, apart from the one in Sri Lanka, but that's like a whole different vibe that I'm going right. for. Here. But I'm also yeah. just going to be here for just a few months a year. And I'm just, yeah. I'm, I definitely feel like, that may be my path in life, you and know, I where mean, like I think you found your experiencing path. different, exactly. uh, different homes. Cause I feel like that's exactly. beautiful. Even with kids, you know, like people are building gorgeous spaces out there on Airbnb and Airbnb just went public. Um, yeah. The IPO went public. Uh, so the company is going to be around for a while. It will be around. Point. It will right? be around. So, and Why I not like take it because of that. Yeah, and I like it because Vangile, for you, for instance, travel and being a nomad is is you. Why should you yeah. change and go and be yeah. by a house that now yes. when you lock it, it's going to be dilapidated? You just know that yeah. your house is a revolving home for all of us. You know, yeah. sometimes you want to come back to South Africa. Now and I need a holiday. We've got a home and there's yeah. nothing as engaging yeah. as living within the, within the village. Of, of, of a place rather than in a hotel. Yeah. That is how I travel. 
you know, I don't like hotels. Yes. So invest now. And I just love living in someone's home where there are pictures and there's a history and there's yeah. a smell and a scent of a human being. I really like that. I, I, I'm, I'm really, really sold on yeah. that strategy. And for young people who are listening, yeah. you are suddenly faced with this thing. Everyone tells you, find a job and buy a house. <laughs> it's so liberating just to know that ah, yeah. I can start with investing and buy this yeah. house later. As long as yeah. I have a plan of how I'm going to go towards that house, yeah. I, 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 I find it really liberating. Really. Yeah. What a lovely oh away. my gosh. Yeah, because I'm very clear that the Sri Lanka is a retreat center, so there'll be a manager and everything. I don't have to be in that no. house, but my it can be my base. And yeah. that means that you are free. Oh my gosh. Okay, no, <laughs> that was my takeaway. Freedom, guys. Freedom. <laughs> I know. And it feels so easy suddenly now that yeah. someone has put it into words. Um, yeah. My second takeaway, Ben, amongst the hundreds that, <laughs> that, that Leon gave us is that he chose to be the, 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 the managing partner of Quick Buy Probs. And they do flips, all right? So mm. flipping is their strategy. He likes it because yeah. it's short term. He says yeah. um, it is a what? It's a time-based business, number one. Mm. Number two, it gave him the freedom of participating in property mm. investment when he was not bankable, right? The banks yes. didn't have, he didn't have a job. He was young, oh. he didn't have a job. Mm. He had walked away because he wanted to set up his own business. Mm. The third thing is that he is he is a relationship builder person. Mm. So he knew his personality fitted the flipping strategy. He's able yes. to the buyer, the seller together and to get the rest of the team that's going to do yes. the flip on a house. So when you pick a strategy, can you pick something that speaks to you as a human being, that speaks to your personality? I think this is so important, right? Yes. And on the heels of that very takeaway, Nizo, is understanding your emotions about property. (laughs) Right? Like, understand yourself, right? Like, as I was listening to you guys talk, I was like, Mm-mm. no, I, I just, it just yeah. solidified a lot of things. I was like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. I know myself. I am yeah. a hyper emotional person, you know, yeah. like you guys see it. Like I, how I post in the student group. It's like, I go yeah. through full on meltdowns. So imagine I know myself, I would walk into an auction and want to help the person solve this problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just like, no. So I feel, and what he said on top of that was allocate your emotions appropriately. Appropriate. Guys. Oh, and did you hear that? Wow. Cool. Your, like appropriate emotion is, can I pay back by investors? That should be where your most, most of your worry is, you know? Yeah. And you need to know that when you're in property. So I really, really loved that takeaway. It was like, yeah, what the things that I'm even focused on emotionally in the business, are they the important things? Is that the key where I should be focusing my emotions or my attention right now? 
or should I just be focusing on something else? So powerful. So powerful. <laughs> Absolutely powerful. Yeah. Um, I, it's a difficult choice to do a third <laughs> takeaway with Leon's <laughs> podcast. But I am going to jump on to the ones where he says they, in, 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 in their quick buy props, they have developed systems mm. so that they can do flips and the different mm. flips happen at different times. They are staggered yeah. and they are of different, different evaluations, Ooh. right? So they've got someone who does sales, they've got the contractor, they've got someone mm. who handles contracts, and they've got someone who tracks the money that the contractors yeah. are, are, are buying. So, he, oh. so they structure the deal so that different investors can come in, the equity partners mm. can come in. Yeah. What makes it important for me as a property coach then is that when I tell people that when, when you get into the property investment game, get into something that you can manage so that yes. you can around it and treat it mm. as a business because it can either sink yeah. you or you can become very uh, wealthy. Right? Yeah. So it's yeah. very important. Know your strengths and know what you can do and yeah. what you can, cannot do. If you still can yeah. do your job, great. Which of the 15 property strategies are you going to get involved in? What yeah. can you handle on a weekend and two hours each evening or three evenings per night? Yeah. And he has built systems because he's created the, the time. That's what he does every day. So all of us, we really need to bite what we can so that your business can work. And don't say yeah. property... Oh no, people lose money in property. <laughs> <laughs> they say that. That's what they all yeah. say. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Wow. Lost money. Just like just like um 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 Leon says, I have yeah. two because I thought I could do it as a side hustle that I don't concentrate on. Other people will calculate the money. You've got to calculate your money yourself. That's my sure. last takeaway. So, Mizo, you're helping me see that you've got to track these investments. You've got to have a spreadsheet like Dunisani said, all that. So, my one, my other key property investment, uh, my other key takeaway, maybe this is just my key takeaway. I feel like the universe really doesn't require us to make, money doesn't require us to work hard to make money. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry, I was in the kitchen after, afterwards and I was just thinking because we take a little break, guys, before we come and do the takeaways. And I was just thinking to myself, so actually, I want to be in flipping, but it seems like the universe doesn't actually want me to work hard to make the money from flipping. Because, like, I really can't justify why <laughs> when there is something that can make things uh, when there's a company like Leon's where you give them the money and they give you a return. Why would I want to go do all the hard work? So my whole takeaway yeah. from this is that there's always an easier way from the looks of things to invest in property. You Who don't even that? have to Who get that? super involved. So if flipping is your strategy and you love the sounds of it, which I do, I love the sounds of getting a return in six months. Hi, Bo. 
then like that can be a thing. You don't even have to get involved. I don't Why even not? have to be in South Africa to be involved, you know, Thank and you. to make money Thank from you. that. So there are Thank so you. many ways to make money in property and this Absolutely. confirms it. So Absolutely. that was my takeaway. Yeah. Hey, the universe and doesn't want me working hard, guys. So I'll go into flipping, <laughs> but I'm going to do it this way. It is obvious. This way. I am not and made out for the hard work. <laughs> and the companies that are like pick by props invest yeah. they are always looking for equity partners they are yeah. looking to turn your money and mm. you can plan that in another six months i'm going on holiday so i want my yeah. twenty thousand back but it will be yeah. twenty thousand with little babies on the side oh absolutely <laughs> i want it okay or you are going on pension you've suddenly got yeah. this three hundred thousand, but you want to be paid your interest every month so that you can yeah. you can have cash flow every month and the bulk of the money will be paid at the end of 24 months. We can have that. Absolutely amazing. I love it. I really I do. just love it. I love this um, idea of like six months. Six months is like yeah. a perfect time period. It is. Wow. Wow, it guys. Is. Today was an education. Definitely one of my favorite podcasts uh, show so fast so yeah let's move on to the next segment of the show now on to the journey to magical expansion where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest Hey, property magicians, welcome to the journey to magical expansion. So these are the five questions we ask every guest and I'm going to have Misa start us off as usual. This is my favorite question, Leon. Um, tell me one book that changed your life. You mentioned something at the beginning. Uh, you might have another one or the same one. It can be a property investment, a flipping uh, book or a life-changing book. Just any book. Now, uh, if you're a socialist or a communist or don't know how to make a profit, I would say Mystery of Capitalism by De Hernando de Soto that un will, will unlock wealth for, wealth for you. Wow. All righty. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Leon, what keeps you inspired? Oh, my faith. Uh, my faith and uh, my family. And I, I actually yeah. really enjoy solving people's problems. So that makes me get up in the morning. Um, what do you wish you had known or done before entering the property investment journey or the flipping journey particularly? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. I love the journey that I, I've taken. Uh, yeah. And I'm not going to regret my mistakes plenty of which I've made and earned my stripes. Um, but I wouldn't have said that I would have uh, prepared any better than right. I did. The only thing I would have said right. is maybe have started sooner. I wouldn't have waited the full 10 months. Started but that 10 sooner. months was ready for me. That was the, that was the right time frame for me. So I'm fine with that. Um, absolutely. Yeah, because there are yeah. lots of things that you pick up along the journey that have nothing to do but something to do with the business, isn't it? That's, that's yeah. An yeah. So, Leon, what do you still think you need to learn in property? What a good question. What I what I need to learn is I uh, I need to learn how to manage a team better. Mm. Uh -huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
again, we are better relationships. based on, mm-hmm. on, on, on a company, right? Because I have a, I'm part of a company structure, not just, just property. So we've got the property stuff waxed, but now we need to work on, on the company management. Mm, yeah. yeah. Wow, that is awesome. That's really <laughs> awesome. This is, again, my other favorite, um, favorite um, question, Leon. What property resource would you like to share with our listeners? Because what I've come to realize and understand is that property investors and people who are in property are continuously learning from something or listening to a particular podcast or a YouTube channel. What is what? What do you fill yourself up with in property? How about the Property Magicians podcast? <laughs> Thank well, you, obviously, Leon. Obviously, 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 thank you for ringing our bell. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I am always listening, and I would just say podcasts. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. And that's changed yeah. over time as I've grown. Uh, I know. Yeah. So get a podcast player and listen to podcasts. Yeah. What's your current favorite, uh, Leon? My current fra- uh, favorite one, um, looking down the list now, regarding property, would be, let me just make sure they're the red ones, uh, with the, my prof- would prop- with Profit First Nation podcast. Ah, Profit First. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Many cool. people Amazing. don't know how to protect the profit in a deal, so you've got to protect your profit I from see. your cash flow. Mm. Okay. Wow, wow, I'm going to have to add that to the list. I listen to my podcast when I do yoga or when I'm doing walks. So yeah. it's my favorite time to listen to podcasts. And it's actually how I've learned so much yeah. is from podcasts. Absolutely. Um, my, fa- my favorite now that I found, again, accidentally, is the real estate guys. They've been in property for a long, long time and they've done all sorts of strategies. So that's, that's incredible. Wow. And you find podcast. that you actually graduate. I love Bigger Pockets still, but I've graduated to two others. That's so true. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yes. So, There's Leon, a, I can give one a last for seven figure flurry. Sorry, Seven Figure Flipping is run by a former mastermind of ours. We had American oh. coaches at a stage. Seven Figure Flipping oh, wow. by Bill Allen. Seven Figure Flipping. Okay. Hmm. Oh, look at that. You live and learn. Yeah. I, I love doing this podcast for that. You get introduced yeah. to all sorts of things. I've never thought of flipping as my personal strategy, but there you are. Today, you've converted one person. I'll come to Leon's church. <laughs> Let's have coffee, Misa. <laughs> Flipping has definitely been on my list of things. It's definitely... Gosh. It's the one thing that I've been preaching to Misa. Like, I'm very much, very clear that there's some strategies that just won't work for me personality-wise. Yes. <laughs> I've always been clear on, on that. So, Leon... But you are creative. Yeah. Yeah. So how do people get hold of you? Just one last time. We know um, your email, but is there another, can they go to a website and yep. can they also get hold of you on WhatsApp? Yes, they can. Uh, my web, the company website is quickbuyinvest.coza. Mm-hmm. So quickbuyinvest.coza and then you'll, you'll get through to us and I'll respond. You can email me at leon at quickbuyinvest.coza. Uh, 
and WhatsApp number is a cell phone number, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 0839826315. Okay. Awesome. Guys, we'll have all those details in the email as well. So check out the email if you came to the podcast via the mailing list. So thank you so much, Leon. Mizo, do you have anything else to add? I do. Leon, you are a property activist. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> 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 oh, you're a title deed activist. Absolutely, absolutely enjoyed this podcast. And thank you for honoring us with your time. It's been an incredible journey just showing people that the reason why we do this podcast is exactly for people to become enlightened. You make a choice at the end of it but make a choice about owning something, right? The title to your bicycle gives you some power, right? Mm. So thank you. I like that, property activist, Amandla. Amandla. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Leon. Thank you for just saying yes to a random WhatsApp from a stranger. And I'll I'll thank Papa because he keeps asking me if if we've got you scheduled yet. So he's going (laughs) to love your podcast. Thank you so much, guys. He messaged me as well. He said, why haven't you answered the ladies? I said, I've got stuff at the high court. I've got evictions going on. I've got problems. I've got stuff going on. I'm running a company. He's like, answer the ladies. I was like, okay. (laughs) I know. He like, he checks up on me. He's like, have you actually followed up with everyone whose whose contact details I've given you? I'm like, Yes, they're going to come on the podcast eventually. Please chill. He loves the podcast, by the way. He He listens to each and everyone and sends us updates. It's hilarious. He gives us his insights and takeaways. It's awesome. He does. (laughs) Thank you, ladies. It's been pleasurable. It's wonderful. It's been a pleasure. This is what it is about, right? Education. And you take what what you want. And I just... That's what I enjoy about this podcast. I mean, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot, a lot of energy. But it is one thing that all of us should really be proud to be doing. Thank you, Leon. Thank you, Mizo. Thank you, you, Leon. Have a fantastic day, property magicians. See you next week. Talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us for the Property Magicians podcast. Please share this episode with your family, friends, and even strangers. If you find this valuable, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and Podbean Station. Or better yet, subscribe to our mailing list at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com and receive our complimentary Creating Intentional Wealth ebook. Also, join the conversation on Facebook, in our Facebook group. Just type in Wealthy Money Magicians, answer the questions, and join the Facebook group. Let's have a conversation about money and all things property related. Thank you once again.